Welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. Jessica and her guests are here to help you navigate the world around you as a small business owner and provide valuable insights to hone your business superpowers. Now, here's your host, Jessica Jones. Hello, 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 and welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. I'm your host, Jessica Jones, and today I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I'm not going to have a guest. I'm going to talk to you about uh, breaking down your financial statements, what it means to have basic bookkeeping for your business, and why that's important, and how you can get started. So let's throw in your capes and get powered up. The first thing we're going to do today is talk about what your financial statements actually are. You might think your financial statements are your bank statements. This would be incorrect. Your bank statements are financial documents, yes, but they are not your financial statements for your business. Financial statements are your profit and loss and your balance sheet at a minimum. You can also add some other things like cash flow statements and things like that, but by and large, balance sheet and profit and loss are your basic. They are your vitals of your business. So, What are those items? What is a balance sheet? What is a profit and loss? What do they cover? How do you read them? These are all important questions that you don't necessarily learn um, unless you go to school in accounting or take a course on bookkeeping, something like that. But by and large, most people don't get this information. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. What is a balance sheet? We'll start there. Your balance sheet is a list of balances at a given point in time in your business. So you could date your balance sheet today. You could date your balance sheet at the end of the month. You could date it at the end of last year, depending on what information you're looking for, what time period you need to cover. But it is a pinpoint in time to say what were all of the balances in all of your assets all your liabilities, and your owner's equity. And we're going to break down what each of those things are. So your asset balances, that's going to be things like your cash in the bank, your business checking account. Or if you do a lot of um, sales on site and you have petty cash, one of your um, asset accounts will be your petty cash balance. How much money are you holding? If you have accounts receivable, if you send invoices out to your clients, then you have receivables. Those are assets. Those are things that belong to your business. They may not necessarily be cash in the bank, but they belong to your business. What are some other assets? We've got fixed assets like the furniture and equipment you use to run your business, Um, maybe vehicles, maybe buildings, things like that. All these are different types of assets. Some of them depreciate and lose value over time. Some of them do not. Um, These are all different types of questions for your accountant or your bookkeeper, depending on the level of complexity of your business. Beyond uh, the cash assets, uh, you've got inventory. Like if you make a product, all the products you have sitting on the shelf, those are your inventory. Those are assets. They can be converted to cash for your business, or they are used to produce cash, like maybe um, some machinery. Um, Next step after your assets on your balance sheet going to be your liabilities. Liabilities are things that you owe to other people. This could be your credit card balances, if your business has a business card. This could be uh, a line of credit 
with your bank. This could be if we were talking about that vehicle that you had, that's an asset. The loan associated with that vehicle is a liability. And then your assets minus your liabilities equal your equity in your business. And that is the amount of money you put in and invested in your business minus amount of money you taken out of your business plus the amount of income you've made from your profit and loss that carries in as well as what's called retained earnings and retained earnings is the combination of all prior year or prior period depending on what time period you're running your balance sheet all earnings up to date is retained earnings so if you made $100,000 of gross I'm sorry, if you made $100,000 of net profit last year, then this year, when you're looking at your balance sheet, you're going to see $100,000 of retained earnings. Those are all of the, the things that are on a balance sheet. Might be a little more complex business, might have a lot of other things on it, but that's a conversation for a different day. You take a snapshot at a point in time, one picture. The pulse of your business, the heartbeat of your business. The next financial statement we're going to talk about is your profit and loss statement. Your profit and loss is not a snapshot at one moment in time, like a balance sheet. A profit and loss is how much profit and how much loss in a period of time. Given period could be how much profit and loss today, this week, this month, This year, you can even run a profit and loss for all time in your business to see how much you've made and how much you've spent. But it's going to cover a period, not a moment. The balance sheet and the profit and loss work together hand in hand. They tie into each other, but they cover different items. So what is on the profit and loss? Profits and losses. But what is that? Your profits, your very top line, of your profit and loss is your income, the different revenues that your business produces. If you are selling products, it's the amount of gross sales. You also, if you give discounts, your discounts are probably going to be up there high in your income section. Then you'll have other types of revenue, maybe late fees, things like that. If you produce revenue in other ways, but all the different income sources of your business. Next line is your cost of goods or cost of services. If you produce a product, this will be all of the raw materials you're sourcing and uh, the cost of labor. Um, If you're a service-based business, it might be fuel. It might be um, any number of direct costs that go into providing your product. For my business, um, I don't have a lot of cost of services, but I do have a few. I have things like the software. If I host a QuickBooks Online file for my clients, that's a cost of service to me. That's directly impacting the amount of revenue I'm going to make because I have to have that to provide the service. They have to have a QuickBooks file for me to track their business in QuickBooks. So it's my cost of service. If you have Charlie's Waxworks, for example, my lovely fiance, Charlie, he has cost of services like the um, in the cost of goods sold is each of the materials that go into it. So when he sells a candle, the cost of the tin, the cost of the wick, 
the cost of the wax, the cost of the fragrance, all of that is a cost of the item that he sold. He had to use those things in order to make the one candle that he sold for the amount of gross profit. Gross profit is the sales minus the cost of goods. So that's when you make an item, how much do you have left after making the item to spend in the business on other expenses like advertising, if you've made the bit, the product, now you've got to figure out how to sell it. So if you're advertising, that doesn't directly go as a cost of service. It's an operating expense. It's a little bit lower, below your gross profit. But you've got to have made the money on the sale to have the gross profit to spend on operating expenses. Other operating expenses might be your uh, taxes or your business licenses, your annual filing fees. You might have your overhead, you might have rent, utilities in your space, you might have dues and subscriptions to software you use. We use Office 365. I have to pay for that. That is an operating expense. It doesn't go directly into the sale, but I need that Office 365. I need that email to run the overall business. Those are the types of things that are going to go below your gross profit if they're overall business operational expenses. There are other things that go in there, like your interest, meals and entertainment, client gifts, laundry lists of things that could be in your operating expenses. But beyond the operating expenses, you have your net income for your business, bottom line. Now, again, if you've got a larger, more complex business, you might have other revenues, other expenses, extraordinary item type things that don't happen every year. For example, those of us who got a PPP loan that got forgiven, we had a liability on our balance sheet. And then when they told us we didn't have to pay it back, you write down that liability to nothing. I don't owe you anymore. But where does that go? It has to go somewhere. It's other income. It's not an income produced by your business, but it's money your business got somehow. Another example is if you have a credit card that does cash back or you can use points to spend on Amazon, for example, when you get that cash back, it goes in other income because it's not an operational thing. You didn't do anything to really earn it other than get these points from your credit card. So you put it down at the very, very bottom because it doesn't capture anything of running your business. It's not operational revenue. What else can you use a balance sheet or a profit and loss statement to do? And how how do you know you can rely on them? You've got these pieces of information, but how do you know the information on it's real? That's where something like your bank statement and your credit card statements come into play. And that bank reconciliation process that us accountants love to do. This is saying everything that you think happened, happened. And nothing happened that you didn't know happened. So, for example, if I write a check for the rent in our office, I sent that money out. Until the moment that that clears our bank account, until the the landlord cashes that check, it's outstanding. I've spent that money. But if I log into the bank and look at my balance right now, that's not reflective of what I have to spend. That money is out there. It is already allocated to something. If I spend too much money in the bank account, then my landlord goes and cashes that check. I'm upside down and I'm getting late fees. And that's not great. 
also, let's say you've got subscriptions and you've got them on auto pay. You forgot to put it in as a recurring transaction in your accounting software. Tisk tisk. But you didn't know what happened. So it clears the bank. And so you're thinking, oh, I'm spending all these expenses. I'm getting all this money in, but you forgot about these subscription costs. They come out of your bank account. If you don't reconcile your bank account, you don't know that money's spent. You don't know where your money's going. We make sure we're coding everything, putting it where it belongs. That means if it's interest expense, it goes to interest expense. If it's office supplies, it goes there. If it's a loan payment, that it goes and gets applied against the loan. And then the appropriate interest is charged on that balance. Your accountant does a lot of different things when they're looking through a reconciliation process. So in order to have reliable financial statements, you need to use your financial documents coming from your banks and other locations to reconcile monthly at a minimum and confirm the pulse of your business is accurate. Everything you think happened, happened. Everything that was supposed to happen, happened. Nothing that you didn't expect happened. Or if something you didn't expect happened, you know it happened really soon after and you can do something about it. If you get fraudulent charges, for example, uh, someone steals your checks and starts writing $10,000 checks out of your business bank account. If you have somebody managing your finances or you're on top of it managing your finances and you know this is happening you notice it right away it can be resolved right away if you're not paying attention and those checks go out and three four weeks later you find out something happened what do you think the chances of resolving that problem are a lot smaller so there's lots of different reasons why you should be tracking all of your financials in your business and lots of different ways it can be done it may sound big and scary and daunting, but if you're getting started, it's really easy to get started up, track your finances, get it running smoothly so that you're set up to be successful. And when you grow, you won't create a mess for yourself by saying, I've not done this for the first five years of my business and now I need to figure it out. You'll have created a problem for yourself. So this is especially important if you're getting started, learning how to read and use your financials will go a long way in helping you launch pad yourself to success and not spin your wheels trying to figure out how to make your business a reality. With that, we're going to take our first break, take a minute, get our uh, thoughts in order and come right back and talk more about what you can learn from your financial statements, how to read them. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to be your small business superhero. Whether you need ongoing services like bookkeeping or payroll, one-time services like implementing an accounting software or one-on-one -on -one training, or an on-call CFO to answer your larger questions, Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to help. Stop costing your business more money by trying to do absolutely everything yourself. We pride ourselves on giving you big business level service while still giving that small business attention. You're the expert in your field and you didn't start your business to watch numbers move, but we did. Come check us out at jessicajonesaccounting.com to see what we can do for your business. 
You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica. Welcome back to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. Before the break, I was talking to you about the different types of financial statements and financial documents and what the differences between them are. Now we can talk about what good is it to have them? Why should you have them? What can you learn? If you can keep if you keep track, how are you going to be better off in your business? First of all, with a profit and loss statement, you can see performance of your business over time. You will know if you're doing better than you were last month or last year or last quarter or five years ago. You'll know where you are now versus where you've been and where you're headed. You can keep chat tabs on the trajectory of your business. Are you growing at the speed you want to? Are you making your goals if you're if you're <clears throat> setting goals, which you should be, you should be setting goals in your business. Are you hitting them? The only way to know if you're hitting your goals is to track. Ultimately, your financial statements are the vital signs of your business. It's what you're tracking when you start your business, every financial transaction that you do. You started a business, you're making money doing a thing, but how do you know if you're charging enough money for that thing? That comes from looking at your profit and loss as well. Your profit margin, your gross income minus those costs of services we were talking about. If you don't have a sustainable gross profit to keep your business going, how are you going to keep your business going? If you're only making 5% on each sale, is that sustainable in your business? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Looking at the financial statements are the only way to tell. What if you're a project-based business? You need to make changes to your costs. If you have a change in scope of work, do you need to increase your cost or do you need to give a discount? Maybe you're a construction company, for example. Your overall profit and loss statement for your business might not give you a clear picture of what your business looks like. You may be super profitable on one job, but you may be taking a huge loss over here and they net out on the overall profit and loss to about an average year. But maybe you took a huge win and you took a huge loss. Maybe there are lessons to be learned from each of those jobs. If you've got powerful financial statements, you can view your profit and loss statement by job. You can see all the income, all of the expenses. And then if you get really granular, you can allocate those operational costs between your projects so you know what your overhead costs should be. Nobody talks about your overhead very much, but those costs that you have to have to operate your business, like your utilities, your rental costs, your internet subscription, You've got to have these things to operate your business, most likely. Maybe it's your phone. All these things don't go directly into the product, but if you don't make enough money in the sale of your products to cover the costs of overhead, then your business is not sustainable, simply. So what about if you're spending too much? Maybe your profit margin is just fine, but maybe you're spending too much in overhead. 
What about if you're a pop-up based business, for example, you do a lot of vendor markets. And if every single day you go to a market, it costs you $50, $50 upside down every day when you start. Are you making enough money at each market to keep going? What are your best markets? Which ones could you maybe bow out of and say, it's just not worth my time? These are all powerful things that you can learn if you're tracking your financial statements. Maybe it's dues and subscriptions for a different reason. Maybe you are signed up for every networking organization under the sun, every chamber of commerce, and you're bleeding dues and subscriptions. And you're saturating yourself going to 10, 12, 15 events a week, and you're so heavily involved, you don't have the, the bandwidth to actually do anything, right? You're running from meeting to meeting all day. You're bleeding dues and subscriptions, but what are you getting out of it? Are you closing sales? Are you getting a new client pipeline from all these events you're going to? What's your return on your time investment and your financial investment on all these operational costs you have? A lot of my time is spent on administrative costs because I'm out sourcing new clients, networking, meeting other business owners. I'm not necessarily billing my time to a client. But how do I know if I can afford to keep doing that? Looking at my profit and loss statement, can I afford to network? Can I afford these operational costs or do I need to be producing revenue? Do I need to be in the business, working on client work, producing revenue? The goal is no. The goal is to be the owner and step away and have a team working with me. But how do I know when I can do that? How do I know? My profit and loss statement. How about your balance sheet? What can you learn from that? Any ideas what you can possibly learn from your balance sheet? How about at the end of every month, What's left over after all of your revenues have come in and all of your expenses have gone out and all your loan payments have been made? What's left sitting in the bank to start the next month? Are you growing your bank balance? Are you able to start putting a little bit aside maybe for savings, maybe for a new building you want to purchase, maybe for a down payment on a big piece of equipment you want to get this year? How much money do you have to allocate to these additional costs, growth costs? Balance sheet is a great place to find that information. Another thing you can find on the balance sheet is how, how much you're taking out of your business. If you're doing owner's draws because your business is supposed to be supporting you, maybe you're not taking a paycheck yet, but you're taking cash out as you need it for specific items. I'm going to take a couple hundred dollars here, there, whatever. I'm going to draw some money out and invest in a new enterprise, whatever it is. Maybe your profit and loss is sustainable, but if your owner's draw is making you upside down in your equity, you're bleeding money out of your business and can it sustain? Probably not. A lot of different things you can learn just by taking a snapshot, just by looking at your financial statements on a quick cursor review. If you've got an accounting software like QuickBooks, there's a little button you can press to show a percentage of income or a percentage of expense of every single line. So you can see where your biggest costs are really quick. It's a very powerful tool. I invite you to go sit down and just pop it open. Take a look and see what jumps out at you. Dig. Do a little digging. 
see, maybe you can find some savings. If you're doing these pop-up markets and you're attending the same market three times a month, maybe they can give you a monthly rate and you can save 20, 30, 40%. That can be huge in your bottom line. All different things you can learn by reading your financial statements, listening to your business, taking the pulse, like we talk about. If you don't listen to the vitals, you're not going to know any of the answers to these questions. You might have a broad idea. Maybe I make about 40% on my products, but maybe you make 60% on one, 12% on another, and 87% on something else. Maybe it's really important to know which ones are the most profitable. Maybe it's important to know which one is the least profitable. Maybe you can find ways to cut costs on that particular product, or maybe that product isn't worth producing because it's just not enough. It's not enough to cover the operation. What else can we learn by looking at our financial statements? There's a number of different additional things we can learn from the profit and loss, depending on what we're trying to do. Maybe we're selling a lot of product, but we're, we just don't feel like we're getting enough out of it. We take a look at our profit and loss statement and we determine that we're giving too many discounts. For example, Charlie's Waxworks, when we got started, we were selling the candles two for $25. We were getting a lot of traction, but at the end of the day, it was cutting so deep into the profit margin that it was also all most becoming unsustainable. So we had to change it and say, okay, instead of two for 25, we can do two for 28. We're still giving a discount. We're still incentivizing people to buy multiple items, but we're not taking so much of a hit that it's almost unsustainable for the product itself. Another thing we could find is uh, changing sources for vendors. If you find you're spending too much in your containers or your fragrances or your fuel. Maybe you need to go to a different fuel supplier. Maybe you need a fuel card because you get discounts and cash back. All of these different decisions you can make. What about your company vehicles? If you've got company vehicles, maybe they're getting a little bit older. Maybe you're spending more on repairs and maintenance. At what point does it become more logical to dispose of that vehicle, sell the old vehicle, Take what you can get out of it and replace it with something that's not going to cost you each month or as much or um, unexpected costs. You know, maybe maybe you've got a vehicle that's four or five years old and now you're paying for a tow every three months and repairs and this is breaking and that is breaking. Any number of different things, depending on where you see your pain points, can be a moment for improvement. So let's think about what else we can look at on our profit and loss statement. We can look at the discounts like we talked about. We can look at your cost of goods sold. You can look at it by project. Or what about if it's a large company and you need to start sharing costs between departments because your advertising department is cutting into all your admin. You start allocating costs. Or let's go back to our construction example a little while ago, something that um, a little more advanced accounting. But let's say you are a construction company and you start building a house in the fourth quarter of the year. You get pretty far. You've spent your lumber and windows and doors and all these other flooring, all these expenses. 
in year one, but the house isn't ready for sale. So you've incurred a whole bunch of expenses. Now, do you want to take a hit and show less profit for the business? Or does it make more sense to, and is it more appropriate? And the answer is yes, to move those expenses at the end of the year to an asset. It's part of a larger whole. So if the house is 80% done, you move that to the balance sheet for the year using an entry called construction in process. We move it to the balance sheet and then you don't have those expenses offsetting your profit for the year. Your profit for the year is only the projects that have been finished for the year. Then in the new year, in Q1, Q2, you sell that house that you were working on. Now you've got all this big income and all the expenses in the same period so you can appropriately see what that project cost, how much you made. Instead of trying to break it up and you have these huge swings in your revenue and expenses because this year you sold a house, this year you didn't, all of these things play into all your financial statements. So it's very important especially as your business grows and becomes more complex and you take on different types of projects to track your financials at the most granular possible level. Now, you don't want to do it to a point where it becomes unsustainable, but there are ways to do it if you're using electronic accounting softwares to automate this back office and record expenses in a certain way and ensure that you're tracking all of your financials. And for these more complex items, you have people like me, serve as your CFO, come in and help you in the back office. So we're going to take another break here and uh, join us when we come back. We're going to talk about um, what all of this means at the end of the day for your business, how you can use this to move forward from year to year. I'm also going to answer some questions that some clients have provided to me recently about how to read different things or why they should do different things. So join us when we come back. Take a quick break. Have you ever wished you had someone who had all the answers in your back pocket? The Superhero Initiative was created as a launchpad for small and micro businesses to reach the next level in their potential. We are here to help you start out on the right foot and rescue you from future headaches. If you've been in business less than three years or are currently generating less than $100,000 of annual revenue, we encourage you to apply for the Superhero Initiative. Recipients will get eight hours of donated time to supercharge your back office from bookkeeping cleanup to implementing and training on software and other accounting and management needs. Visit jessicajonesaccounting.com to apply today. You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica. Welcome back to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. I'm your host, Jessica Jones. Before the break, we were talking about uh, different powerful pieces of information you can find from your financial statements, both your profit and loss and your balance sheet, if you know how to read them different metrics you can use, different um, plans you can make, different things, all sorts of different activities you can take in your business to move forward. But how do you do this? If you don't have an accounting software yet, how do you get started? 
First things first, you need some sort of accounting system. This doesn't necessarily mean QuickBooks. It's the name out there, but it's not the only one. There's some others. There's Zero, Zoho, Wave. You can even track your business using Excel as an accounting system. For real, I did it for Charlie's Waxworks before we grew enough to have an online accounting software. Now, it took a lot of formula writing in Excel, but I do have an Excel template that works for a profit and loss and a balance sheet to start your business. Now, if anybody's interested in that, they can email us. But full disclosure, if you break my Excel sheet, I'm not fixing it for you. Like, I'm not. I built it and it works. But if you break it, I'm not. I'm not undoing. I'm not undoing your mess ups. So if you're interested in something like that to get you started or maybe just to show you how it works, because I found that was very powerful for Charlie's Waxworks was to show him what happens when I do certain things. When you do it in QuickBooks or some other accounting software, it kind of just happens, but you don't see the back end. You don't see what movements are happening. But if you can see it, if your brain works that way to where it makes sense, then this is definitely something that you should take a look at if you're looking to understand the way money moves inside your business and the impacts that it has on the other areas of your business. And I'm getting crazy looks around the room for, yes, creating basically an entire accounting system in an Excel spreadsheet. Um, This is one of my crowning achievements. Charlie used to watch and tell me it was magical watching me write a formula, but I digress. So you've got an accounting software now. You're getting started. So you connect your bank accounts. This is very important. If you want quick, efficient accounting, get something that's going to connect and automate your bookkeeping and make your life a lot easier. If you don't know how to get it set up or you've tried and you feel like you're messing it up, that's a perfect opportunity to call a bookkeeper or an accountant that will help you get started out on the right path. Because if you get started on the right path, you stay on the right path when you're successful, when you're larger, you don't have a crazy mess that you've created for yourself. It's so, so important. Get started now, even if you just get a one-time service from someone to show you what to do. Tutor me. Show me how to walk around my accounting software so I don't mess it up. I really invite you to do that. If you've got a friend who's an accountant, if you've got an accountant in your network, ask them if they can spend some time with you just for a tutorial. Or if you are a person who can learn from YouTube videos and not need to ask questions, go find someone on YouTube to break it down for you. There's plenty of people out there. But you need to be able to watch your business pulse. If you go to a doctor, they're going to check your vitals, right? If they were only to take your blood pressure, that's only going to give you one piece of the puzzle. It's not necessarily going to tell you that anything's wrong. Your bank balance is your blood pressure. How how much money you got? How's How much pressure you got going on, right? Maybe your balance sheet is the temperature of your business. Is it hot? Is it cold? And your profit and loss is your heart rate how fast it's moving. All of these pieces, all of these components together give you a diagnosis. 
you can't get an appropriate diagnosis from your doctor with only one piece of that puzzle. And likely those aren't even all the pieces, right? We do more detail, granular, testing, reviews, blood work. All of these components play into a larger picture. Your vital signs, your diagnosis of your business can only happen if you're tracking metrics. So now we're going to go on to some questions I've been asked by small business owners, clients of mine, and friends lately. What happens if your business is a hobby and not a full-time job yet? And how do you know when it can be? How do you know if you can quit your job? This is a really important question if you're trying to grow, right? How do I know I can be successful? Well, you can't do any of it if you don't have a business bank account. If you're still intermingling your personal and business finances in one bank account, the answer is not yet. Start out treating it like it's a business and not a hobby. If it's in your personal bank account, it's a hobby. Plain and simple. You can't separate it. You can't tell what it's earning. You can't take its pulse. It's just a part of your personal finance. If you want to be serious about your business, the very first step you need to take Get a business bank account. I've said it before. Most of these local or regional banks have programs and have low minimum balances. A lot of them are like $50 opening balance. Fee-free checking. All of these options are available to you, especially as a small business owner. I have a great relationship with a local bank and they support my business and other women in business more than I could have ever expected. So don't go out there and go get a big name bank. Do your research, find out who your good local banks are or regional banks and go bank with them. I promise you there is a lot of hidden value you can find by having a relationship with your bank. Don't just be their number. After you've gone and got this business bank account, the next thing you need to do is track the financials. Get some accounting software, get QuickBooks, get Waze, get your Excel sheet from me. I don't care. Track it. Track it. If you don't track it, you can never take the step away from being someone else's employee to being a business owner and not someone who does whatever they're doing as a hobby. So how do you know when you can take the leap? A good rule of thumb, look at your paychecks every month. Find out how much money your business is bringing in from your paycheck. I'm sorry, your personal person is bringing in from your paycheck, from your outside revenue. If at the end of the month in your business, you could afford to take that much money out of your business to pay yourself and continue to operate your business successfully month over month, if you could do that, then you're probably okay. If you, at the end of the month, have enough left over, you could pay yourself what you're making to sustain the life that you're currently living. You're reaching the point where your business can sustain you. Let's see if we've got any other questions that we can answer today. Here's a great question. How much should be left after I pay myself, right? That's going to be dependent on you. Um, if you've got recurring expenses that are going to come, whether or not you make any revenue next month, then you've got to determine exactly 
how many months worth of those recurring expenses do you want to have left in the account to be covered if you don't book any clients? It might be three, it might be six, it might be 12 months, depending on how secure you want to be. But if you've got enough to continue operating after you draw it out and not completely financially ruin the business and not be able to continue and get late fees, but ultimately how much that dollar amount is, is going to depend on your business. Another great question that I get sometimes is how do I know if my bookkeeping is too much that I need to get an accountant to do it regularly, or maybe I can just get somebody to set me up and keep me going. How do I know? That depends on you. That depends on the business. If you're comfortable learning it and doing it and you have the capacity, because let's be honest, being able to do something and having the capacity to do it are two extremely different things. I can do social media, but I choose not to because it drains me. It takes me too long. Someone else can do it quicker and better. So how do you know? Is it too complex? Is it too time intensive? When are you doing it? Analyze when you're doing the accounting. Is it the end of the year? And I heard a great story the other day. Someone was literally hiding from their CPA because their CPA was their neighbor and they knew their things were a mess. And their CPA has been emailing them to get a get the ball rolling for year end, but they don't have their stuff together. So they're hiding from their neighbor, like jumping in the bushes when the neighbor's going outside to pick the kids up from school because they don't have their act together. That person probably needs to call me so we can get their act together for them. And their CPA doesn't have to see them jumping in the bushes, wondering why they're acting like a crazy person. If your accounting is more complex, like you have projects that go year over year and take a long time and you need to do something like construction and process, or you need to allocate between departments, or you have multiple entities and your entities are loaning each other money. Those are things that might be a little more complex that your day-to-day bookkeeper or your business owner may not have the time or capacity or understanding to deal with. If you feel like you can get just set up, you got simple books, maybe you, okay, this is what's going to happen every time my client's going to pay me, it's going to go here, and I'm going to spend this money, and it's going to go here. We can generally get you set up on a one-time service and automate your financials going forward. So everything just goes where it should go, and at the end of the year, it's just nice and tidy. There's still a little bit of manual work that has to be done, like when your bank statement comes in at the end of the month, reconciling it. When your loan statements come in, make sure you do the interest split appropriately. But by and large, if you've got something simple, get you set up, trained, and send you on your way. What other questions can we answer for our clients today? Here's another great question. If I can do all of this myself and I've got some basic bookkeeping that my company needs done, what what do I need an accountant for? Why should I hire you instead of just doing it myself? Well, there's a couple of different ways to attack that. One, you need to analyze, should you be doing it yourself? So is doing your bookkeeping preventing you from doing client work and earning more revenue? Because if you're sitting down at 
you know, Mondays and Tuesdays doing your bookkeeping instead of going out and serving clients, then you're losing revenue by not serving those clients. Even though it's not actually costing you any cash to pay someone to do that bookkeeping, you are effectively not getting paid because you're doing the bookkeeping. Another reason is if you're at the end of the day doing your invoices or the end of the month, you're, you know, it's the 30th and you've got to send out invoices for the month and you've been dreading it and you've been putting it off. And so it's eight o'clock at night on a Friday and you, you're you sitting down and the kids have gone to bed and you've, you're putting your invoices in the system. You should probably have a bookkeeper because you're taking away from your personal time. You're taking away from your recharge time. You're taking away from what you should be doing to sustain your work-life balance and investing all of this extra energy into the business. Now, when you're thinking about an accountant doing your books, remember that the time it takes you to do it is not the time it takes them to do it because they're going to know the tips and tricks. They're they're well-versed in what they're doing. So they're going to do it much quicker than you, much more efficiently than you. So you can't equate how long it takes you to do something times how much it costs for the hour of an accountant's time because their hour and your hour get a lot different done. One final question we wanted to answer today is if you decide to start paying yourself, how do you know how much you can pay yourself? Let's say you're not trying to take it to a full time right now, but you do want to pull some funds out. How much can you pay? Take the number that's in your balance at the end of the month, subtract out all of the future expenses you're trying to keep in there as a buffer. And that amount of money is what you should be able to draw out for yourself at the end of that month. And before you ever consider paying someone else, if you're not paying yourself before you're paying someone else, stop. We're going to get more into hiring and and costs of employees in a future episode. And I invite you to, to stick around and listen to that one. But that's all the time we have for today. So I want to invite everyone to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jessica Jones Accounting. And if you want to reach out to get that Excel document or you want just have a quick question, you can email us at JJAS at JessicaJonesAccounting.com. And if you're in the New Orleans area, you can find me at a bunch of different pop-up markets with Charlie's Waxworks. But following us on social media is the best way to find out where we'll be. We look forward to talking with you next time and we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope you've gained something valuable today. If you did, wait till you hear what we're talking about next. Until then, get out there and forge your own unique empire, travel your own path, and most importantly, be your own superhero. Superhero.